Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. So to speak with these teenagers and young adults who could at this point look back at the entirety of their childhood, be even more articulate about the things that they struggled with and continue to struggle with, the things that worked for them, became almost a, um, a cautionary tale or a template for, for all of us to understand these kids experienced this in their younger years. Each one of them is continuing to experience divorce. 10 years later. This is part of the DNA of their family. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And today, everyone, we have two of our former guests visiting us again with a really exciting new, I guess it's an announcement or a new project that's coming to the table. And as soon as I introduce them, you'll know what this is because we talked about it in Ellen Bruno's prior episode. Ellen Bruno is the award-winning filmmaker and documentarian who made the split film, the original split film. You all remember her prior episode, What Do Kids Really Think About Divorce? And if you haven't listened yet or you want to refresh your memory, go back and listen. It's going to be, a link will be in the show notes for you. And she's joined by Christina McGee. I think the, the guest we have had, the expert we have had, as a guest most times on the show, Christina is America's favorite parenting coach. She's the author of the book that I recommend to you all, all the time, Parenting Apart. And she has been a guest so many times on Divorce and Beyond. She actually has her own page on the divorceandbeyondpod.com website. So if you want to go hear all of her prior episodes, just go to the website, divorceandbeyondpod.com. Click on Divorce Topics and go to Divorce and Children, 
And it's just a page of Christina. So today we are here, and I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming. We talked about this happening in the first episode with Ellen, but now we're ready to talk about the sequel to Split. Yay! Applause, everybody. Ellen and Christina are here because just recently, the second film, the sequel to Split, just came out. It is called split up the teen years. And we're going to do a short dive into it today, but I will tell you all what I really want you to do is go to splitfilm.org. Again, show notes will have a link, but go to splitfilm.org and watch both films. Um, They're really best, I think, taken in tandem and viewed in tandem, but we're going to talk a little bit about it today. So first, let me just thank you both for coming back, for joining us today, and for all your work in putting the sequel and the original film together. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Susan. Great to be here, as always. As always. And uh, I always, any excuse I can have to have Christina on. And Ellen, I know how busy you are. And and to have you here to be able to get your insights into the making of these films, I think, adds a layer of information for both the parents who are listening, as well as the professionals who are listening, who can help their clients who are in that place of you know, every parent who goes through divorce, that fear about the negative impact of divorce on their child and their children. And so there's so much that we can learn from these films. I wonder, though, to start, Ellen, for those who haven't seen the first film, if you could just give a, a short summary sort of, of of that film that we can build on then with the Split Up the Teen Years. Sure. The first film features 12 really fabulous kids, age uh, 6 to 12, no experts, no parents, nobody reframing their experience. And it really is these 12 kids talking about what's going on in their hearts and minds as their families change. And the kids really stepped up to the plate and were very forthcoming with the idea that their participation in this project could help other kids who were just starting on the path. And so it's it's been a really um, um, encouraging film for other children to watch because they can see the kids their same age talking about their same experiences and and kids that are cool kids who have survived are moving on. And so, um, and then of course it, it became um, very popular among professionals to encourage parents to make better choices for their changing families. Yeah. There's a wealth of information and experience in the first film. How old were the kids in the first film when you were, when you were talking to them? They were six to 12. Okay. So, so, and most of them at that point in time were either, um, I'm not sure if they were, their parents were in the divorce process, but they were relatively close in time, right? Weren't they to the divorce process? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty new to them for most of the kids. Some of the kids had been um, living with separated parents for, for much of their life, but most of the kids in the film were fresh in the experience and trying to make sense of what was going on and and needing support. Hence the film seems to do its work very well um, in terms of encouraging kids and calming kids and motivating parents. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you as a professional who saw the original film just a few years ago, it was actually when I met Christina, you know, I'd been in the family law field for umpteen years. By that time I had worked with thousands of families and parents going through the process. And there was something about 
looking into the faces of children as they spoke their truth of the process that was so incredibly impactful. Um, I've, I've always mentioned I, I started to cry in a room full of a hundred other professionals, but it, it speaks on so many levels to people and it is an, an emotional experience for everyone. And, and we've learned a lot from that, but now the second film comes out and I have to tell you, having seen both of them, I think the second film is even more impactful in a variety of different ways than the first film. And so can you tell people now that the film is out, it's ready, it's available to be viewed, splitfilm.org. What was the genesis? What what brought you back to do a sequel? Well, what became clear was the incredible appetite for the first film, not just with parents and kids, but also with professionals and court systems. And it seemed like what the film was doing was something that hadn't happened in such a visceral way, which was give a platform for the experience of these kids. Of course, we're all concerned about kids' experiences, especially as parents. How is this going to affect my kids? And yet, there's a lot of complicated reasons why there's not clear communication within the family. So finally, it was like, this is what's going on. Of course, granted, this is the universal truth, but here are 12 kids that are sharing their experiences, and they're very clear themes about what's worrying these kids, what their concerns are, you know, the kind of information they want to know from their parents. And so there seemed to be a lot of value all around for both these kids coming forth as sort of ambassadors for the child world, really, you know, as, as, and as teachers for us all, you know, and I think the kids really stepped up in the role and they really understood that they had things they wanted to say to other parents, not just theirs. They really were speaking for the millions of children that are experiencing this. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Funny things, poignant things, things they struggled with, things that were surprises. And so because of the effectiveness of this um, in so many realms, you know, I was constantly getting the question, do you have anything for older kids? You know, we're working with a lot of teenagers. Do you have a similar film? So I decided, well, let me let me see where these 12 kids are 10 years later. And I went back and 11 of the 12 of them agreed to participate and enthusiastically. And so to speak with these teenagers and young adults who could at this point look back at the entirety of their childhood and be even more articulate about the things that they struggled with and continue to struggle with, the things that worked for them, became almost a um, a cautionary tale or a template for, for all of us to understand, okay, well, these kids experienced this in their younger years, and yet each one of them is continuing to experience divorce 10 years later. This is part of the DNA of their family, their changing family structure. And this is part of their emotional and psychological DNA. I mean, that's just the truth of it. You don't get over divorce and then move on. Just like parents have this idea that I'll get divorced and then I'll be done. Well, no, you're co-parenting with somebody. You're going to be involved in a relationship with this person for a very long time. And so that was really the genesis of the new film was to really sort of take a look at where are these kids now sort of having marked that amount of time, the 10 years. And I think it really is incredibly instructive to understand how the choices we make as parents can really frame and define and influence the, the, the experiences our kids have. And we can make that road much easier for them for the entirety of their lives. And I'm not just talking about high school graduation. I'm talking about when the grandkids come 
Yeah. You know, and everybody yeah. wants to be together for a holiday, yet the parents can't be in the same room together. And so these kids are all the more articulate, you know, and brave. And they really come forth with, with their unabashed truth in the film. And I think, like I say, it, it it's a great guide for parents and a great guide for professionals. And one more thing, teenagers tend to be a little bit isolated and disconnected from their parents, you know, as they, yeah. as they move through their independence and their development. This is a way that teenagers can sit in a room with other teens and hear about their experiences, but do that virtually and privately. And so there's this way that it creates almost a community for teenagers, you know, where their experience are reflected and both films become a way for parents to kind of initiate conversations that aren't pointedly aimed at the child. You know, it's not like Johnny, you know, how do you feel about having two homes? You know, Johnny watches the film and then he can say, I liked when that kid talked about always forgetting his backpack. I, that makes me crazy. I do that all the time or whatever the experience. So the, the films become a, a comfortable distance for parents to be begin to initiate conversations um, in a way that's much more comfortable to the kids because it doesn't initially have to be focused exclusively on their experiences. They can talk about what they see in the films and parents paying attention can learn an awful lot about what their kids' experiences are and use that as the, the starting point, a comfortable starting point for conversations that really need to happen in order for these kids to heal and move forward and find joy and you know, in, in their new family structure and just move forward. What you're saying, just all of it so resonates with me. And I hope listeners are hearing that this is a film that has meaning and use to any, everyone. And, and you and I, Ellen, in your original episode even talked about this is both of these films are impactful not just for families that are divorcing and the professionals who work for that with them. It's impactful for the world at large because divorce impacts everybody in this world. And so to be showing it in schools or showing it um, in, in all different venues and to all different people, I think that there is something that is beneficial and helpful and educational for everyone in, in these films. And that's rare. And supportive of the kids. I think yes. that's really, it's part of the diversity conversation about the families in our culture. And yeah. it's one that hasn't been given the attention it needs, which is interesting because is it half of the families are blended families or, you know, parents into millions houses? and millions of families right. are blended families. Yeah. And so for other kids to understand their friend's experience in a more real way is profound. And for us as a communities to understand what challenges or difficulties or benefits to households, uh, you know, families' um, experiences can only create stronger communities and sort of more compassionate communities, both communities among eight-year-olds and communities, the adults in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. You you said that so much better than I did. Thank you. <laughs> but you're right. It's It's really a conversation for everyone to be having. And that, you know, that makes me think, Christina, you had a great deal to do with helping to edit the film and pull together, you know, the most impactful and, and telling parts of the many, many hours of film that Ellen did with the kids. And it's very interesting because when you watch the second film, when you watch the sequel split up the teen years, you definitely see certain themes coming out or certain 
takeaways, I would say, that are that are pretty like, wow, <laughs> yeah, we we can learn some of that. And I'm just wondering, you know, you are a, a parenting expert, you work with parents, you know how much fear the parents who are listening right now are going through about the effects of divorce on their kids. And Ellen said earlier, there's good and there's bad takeaways from this. What what were some of the big takeaways for you that you thought, you know, the film really showed parents as the, as, as about their child's experience? Well, I think the first and most important one is one that Ellen's already touched on. And that is that divorce isn't an experience that happens in children's lives. It's actually an experience that becomes a part of children's lives for the rest of their lives. You know, I just shouted out about this on social because I think it's really, there's kind of this hope that parents maintain or this belief that, you know, it's going to be hard, but the kids will get used to it and life will just move on, right? It's something in the rearview mirror for us. It'll and, be over. And we won't, yeah. And we don't really need to think about it again. And the truth is, is that family life, it becomes a part of children's reality for the rest of their lives. Like, yep even well beyond, you know, adulthood. And as they get older and parents are aging, it is in some way, shape or form going to have some kind of influence. The question is, how big of a part do you want it to be in your children's lives? And I, I think that as parents, like we underestimate that impact, that there's so many behind the scenes things that kids are navigating on a regular and daily basis we're just not aware of. And it's because I think there is kind of this kids pick up on this, this hope, right. That parents Mm -hmm. have, and they don't want to rock the boat and they don't want to overwhelm their parents, or they don't know how their parent will react. Like what's going to really throw things off is, you know, mom or dad going to go off like a bottle rocket if I talk about these things. So they just kind of back off. So I think it really brings to light all these behind the scenes things. For example, this need for kids to really tend to parents' emotional well-being. Yes. That kids are really really watching very carefully what they say, how they say it. Um I think another really powerful issue is this this need to really support the family narrative instead of kids being able to have their own story. Right. And sometimes for kids, there's two different narratives that they feel they have to support because one parent maybe have one perspective and one family narrative, and the other parent may have a very different one. And and kids are trying to kind of walk the line between those two narratives while not really getting an opportunity to speak their own truth. And that's one of the, I think, the real beauties of the film is that these kids, these 11 kids, these 12 kids in the first film, very courageously really embrace their story and have the space to talk about it in a very straightforward, unfiltered way. And we, as viewers of the film, have the opportunity to really glean some very important insights and wisdom from these kids that we otherwise might never know about. Hey, listeners, it's Susan. Just wanted to let you know that I have a brand new website that's dedicated to helping people grow a business and become the entrepreneur that they want to be. 
Um, it's called Susan Guthrie, your partner in success. And right now for anyone who is trying to build a business, I have a free book. It's called Building the Practice of Your Dreams, one month of daily tips for finding success. And you can get a free download of the book. So just go to the brand new website. It's susaneguthrie.com, all spelled out. And you'll be able to link to the book, link to both of my podcasts and all of my other resources. So go check it out. Stay tuned for more from award-winning filmmaker, Ellen Bruno, and our favorite parenting expert, Christina McGee, as they share some of the deeply impactful takeaways from their new film, Split Up the Teen Years. You won't look at your kid's experience of divorce the same way after this one. This idea of family, and the importance of belonging and connectedness. You know, the kids really speak about that need to be anchored in family, to feel connected to two households and to continue to share a life with each of their parents. So very clear that the need for family to continue is incredibly important for kids. If this episode is helpful, be sure to listen to Ellen's prior episode about the original film, Split, and all of Christina's many helpful episodes on all areas of co-parenting and divorce. You can find them on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com under Divorce Topics and Divorce and Children. And now we return to today's show. They speak with such such clarity of thought, these kids. It doesn't feel like when you're watching the film, and maybe because they knew they'd been through the experience of the first film, and they were coming and they knew they were going to be sitting with you again, Ellen, and, and talking about it. But the maturity and the level of thought that the kids had put into their experience and their ability to share it in terms that made it very um, easily relatable to anyone who is listening. There was sort of that, and I think what the film does so well, it talks about sort of a child's experience or one of them will talk about an experience that they had. And then you easily can, can extrapolate out sort of how that thread then carried through in their lives. And one of them that for me was super impactful was the need to be fair in, and I'm using that dreaded word. My listeners all know (laughs) I'm not a fan of the F word fair, but the need to be fair in their time with their parents, like that, that they had to keep track of the time they spent with both their parents. So it turned out that nobody felt shortchanged. And that in fact caused a great deal of stress for kids, which I think for so many parents is a surprise. Yeah. I think parents really are not aware of it. And, you know, I think that's the other beauty of the film. When you talk about how eloquent these kids are, is that when kids are given the space, you know, to share what they're thinking and what they're feeling, it can be incredibly profound and insightful, but the vast majority of kids don't get that opportunity. And as parents, we really underestimate like what our kids are able to handle, what they're handling on a regular basis and what kind of insight they might have if we take the time and really create that space for them to step into and and have those conversations, those really meaningful conversations. So a lot of times, you know, um, I, I think the 
other theme on that fair and the emotional caretaking is really the profound impact how parents continue to relate to each other has on kids, right? Yeah. So a lot of parents fall under this belief that if we just stay together for the kids, we just hang in there for the kids, they're going to be better off. Or if we just don't fight in front of them, but we don't acknowledge each other's presence, but we don't make eye contact, that's a better option, right? Yeah. And kids are picking up on all of that, right? They're very attuned to how parents feel about each other, what their opinions are by what we communicate through those offhanded comments or those things we play off as a joke or that little side jab um, by our body language. And, and it really, it makes a big difference for kids, like in terms of their self-esteem, in terms of their identity, in terms of really um, how they view themselves. You know, one of the most profound things that I think I've heard, and it's not in the film, but it comes from Aaron, who is one of the kids in the film is when I asked her um, in an interview once for another event, you know, what's one piece of advice you'd really want to communicate to separating and divorcing parents. And without missing a beat, she said, make sure that you let your kids know there was once love. I mean, that's just incredibly powerful. And I think so many kids really struggle with that. What happened to the love? And it's so important for parents to remember that your children's story doesn't start with your divorce. And And we take their history away in so many cases, right? We take that, that family history away and it's sad for kids. It's, it gives them the, it unroots them, or that's probably the very poor English term, but it takes away their, their stability and their base, right? They, they come from sort of a nebulous place of how did my parents ever even have me if, Mm -hmm. if this is the relationship, right? And did they want me? Yes. And did they want me? I think that that's right. In the first film, one of the boys said, sometimes you think your parents might not have wanted you, but they really do love you and they did want you. And, you know, this was a seven-year-old, you know, and so, of course, our kids are of, of both parents. And there are just such, such simple ways that parents can change that, like allow the child to talk about the other parent. Don't have the other parent a taboo. Don't that you can't mention their name in the house. If a child wants to keep a photo of both parents holding that, holding them in their room, allow that. That's part of that's a real emotional touchstone for kids. I came of love. Most children did, and that really influences how these kids make sense of who they are and and their value and their lovability. So yeah, don't don't erase. You know, look through a photo album. Look through the wedding album with the kids sometimes. You know, I mean, it can actually be a very healing thing for a child. No, it gives so. them that history back. And I think that's, that's so important. And and you're raising that, Ellen. It makes me think, because you said this when we were uh, talking about the making of the film, you know, the kids share information. And one of the big uh, takeaways is you can very clearly hear in what they share where parents did things that did well for their children, that supported their children and, and had positive or, you know, the effects that a parent would want to have for children. And I'm wondering, Christina, you know, what might be some of those takeaways for listeners um, that they might see in the film from what some of the children shared or the young adults, I call them children. 
they're really not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think that that is another real gift that the film brings the second film is that it, it almost gives us kind of like a crystal ball. If you're in the early stages and you want to see kind of the results of choices that are made that really make, you know, help kids and those that make it much harder for kids, the film really shines a bright light on that. And I think this, this idea of family and the importance of belonging and connectedness is, is so, so critical. And so you know, the kids really speak about that need to be anchored in family, to feel connected to two households and to continue to share a life with each of their parents and the value um, of of having that open communication. You know, Jonah, one of the kids yes. in the film, really, God, what? Uh, a- we all want to take Jonah home. That I know. Kid. I know. He, yeah. is, he is in some ways a shining star because, you know, he mm-hmm. really talks about, you know, that home is that feeling of comfort and being able to drop into that rhythm and that being able to separate himself from the tension that was going on between his parents and realizing that that really is theirs. You know, their problems are not my problems, so to speak. Kids can benefit substantially when we as parents you know, take the time to do our own work, right? Mm -hmm. So we can't show up for our kids if we're not really dealing with some of this and paying attention to it for ourselves and really setting a very clear intention. You know, I spend a lot of time talking with parents about get real clear about what your values are and how you want to show up for your kids. You may not be able to control what happens in the other household, but you can definitely make a big difference for your kids by getting right with yourself and and thinking through what those values are and then operating out of those instead of kind of getting into this tit for tat with the other with the other parent, right? And being in that reactive mode, you really want to be in a mode where you're responding to your kids and to situations. But gosh, it's so very clear that the need for family to continue yeah. is incredibly important for kids. Incredibly well, I- important. Incredibly. And, and, and that comes through with several of, of the kids as they're speaking. And I would say, you know, it's, it's another gift of the film is I think for parents who are in it, right. It's, it's, they're, they're in this place. They, I've never in my 30 plus years of practice had a parent walk through the door and say they, they didn't care whether their kids were okay or not, or they didn't care whether the divorce negatively, they, everyone and parents agree on that. But what it's one thing to say it and mean it and feel it, and another to know exactly, or at least with with some idea of how your actions in the moment, your words in the moment, what you're doing right now actually plays out for your kids. And there's something that is very easy for parents to see that choices they make not to sit next to each other at the basketball game or not to celebrate birthdays together if that's possible or holidays, you will hear from the kids different choices parents made and the different effects that those had on kids. And what I hope for parents is that then when they're back in that moment of making those choices, they'll have some insight into the the thread that those choices are going to actually have. It's not just not sitting together at the basketball game today. It's that thread that's going to continue through their kids. And that's a gift the film gives to parents in all stages, I think. 
Yeah. Well, I just also want to touch on that because there are some parenting situations where you might be totally okay with sitting next to each other at the basketball game, but you have a co-parent that says, oh, if you're going to be there, I'm not coming to the basketball game. And there are parents that think, okay, well, there's nothing I can do. Actually, there is, because I really believe in the power of one. And you can watch these films and you can see what makes a difference. And again, you can't make the other parent become cooperative, but kids will know who showed up for them in a really meaningful way. And while you may not have a co-parent who'll sit next to you at the basketball game, you can still play a very supportive role in supporting your child's relationship with that other parent in really being able to separate your issue or your relationship from the needs of your child. And I tell parents all the time, well, you may not have any great feelings about that other person and that's okay, but you can always support your child's perception. You can see what your kids see. That in and of itself can be enormously valuable. We're not saying, you know, you have to be best friends with your co-parent. That may not be possible. But what you can do is you can be supportive of the relationship. You can support the idea of kids having two homes and a sense of family and feeling a sense of belonging in each place and having the freedom, the freedom to talk about. That's another thing. Kids to have the freedom to talk about each of their homes and to share their lives with each of their parents about the other parents so that kids aren't feeling a need to filter what they say to each of you because they're worried about the fallout. These things are not easy choices to make sometimes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hurtful to be with the other parent or a parent that you feel really hurt you or has made you really angry. But the truth is, we do really difficult things for our kids all the time. We work two jobs so that they can have what they need. We bend over backwards. We sacrifice constantly for our kids. Parents need to understand that this is a sacrifice worth making. It's a sacrifice to just buckle up, you know, and just be of stout heart and know that you can do it and know that it's going to have a really positive impact on your kid. It's going to be very comforting for your kid. You don't need to sit next to the other parent at the basketball game, but don't stay away because, you know, the other parent's going to be there. And, you know, just get it together and be there for your kid's birthday party. You can do it. These are things that we can do. This is just another thing that may not be a first choice thing, but something we do because we love our kids and we want to, as much as possible, give them positive nurturing experiences. We can do this. It's just a matter of making that choice. We can do hard things. I love that. Yes. And you know, it's 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 a very good point. And I'm glad you both sort of refined what I was saying, because I I think I'm speaking about it from that perspective of when you're in the moment as a parent and you're emotional and you're making decisions, I'm not going to go to the basketball game or I'm not going to. The film can bring awareness to you that you may want to do hard things, but you're right. hundred percent, Christina, right? You have no control over what your co-parent does, but you do have control over all the things that you said about being able, well, the power of one, which is oh so powerful. Go listen to Christina's other episodes. We've talked about it in a few of her other episodes, but kids do well if they have one stable, supportive, loving parent. Um, and if that's what you can be for your kids, you're doing a great job. But the other point I want to make before we we run out of time here is that the film is a wonderful tool. It is a wonderful resource. It is a wonderful awareness 
you know, avenue, but it is not to be used with abandon. And there are some guardrails around it. And there are additional resources to help people use this. So if you could just share a little bit about the resources on the website and maybe the, the little caution we give people around the film. Right. Well, I I would say that before you would consider sharing either film with your kids, it's really important for parents to sit down and watch it by themselves first and to make sure to give yourself space to kind of have your experience with the film. Um, There are things that kids will say that can be really profound, that can hit really deeply for us as parents, be very hard to hear, but that doesn't mean that they're bad things for us to hear, right? Um, we can handle hard things. So give yourself the space to really manage your reaction and to have your experience and and to think about, is this an appropriate film for my kids to watch at this time, right? So timing is everything. And you know, the first day after they hear that you're getting a divorce might not be the best time to, hey, let's all sit down and watch this film. Maybe there's other times, maybe the first step is just you and your co-parent watching it. You know, you each seeing it separately so that you can go through this process with integrity and really be focused on your children's needs and use them as the lens for making decisions moving forward and how you develop your parenting plan or your time-sharing agreement. It was so important to us for parents to really have support as they're watching it, that when you stream the films online, you can go to the website, you can go to our the platform, show and tell. I come on screen and I introduce each film and then parents watch the film and then afterwards come on and give some tips for parents in terms of thinking about, should you show this to your kids? How do you process it? What are some things you should be thinking about? If you also go to our website, splitfilm.org, there's a resource tab at the top in the main navigation and it has tips for parents and it has tips for professionals. So whichever category you fall in, we've got some supportive guidance for you in terms of things to think about regarding how you engage with this film. Um, And so I think that that's really important. And I would also say for parents, underscore all of this, in order to really show up for our kids, we have to make sure we're also showing up for ourselves and you don't have to go through this alone, right? If this is hard, like Ellen spoke about, if you're at that place where, you know, showing up at that basketball game, (laughs) soccer game is a really tall order for you, um, think, find some support, talk to a trusted friend, find a good divorce coach or counselor or therapist or support group, but um, a good book, just find some way to connect with information that can really support you in doing this. Cause it isn't easy. Right. And, and we don't, we don't have to try (laughs) figure it all out on our own. These films are certainly a good first step at helping you identify where do you need to kind of shore things up for yourself? It's so important. And and Ellen, I know that um, you also are doing screenings for various organizations and there's a training that Christina and I've participated in some um, of them. How would people, if there are professionals out there listening, I know I have a lot of professionals who listen to the show, how would they reach out to you to talk about showing the film for their organization, their group, their professional group? Um, what's the best way to do that? So they can reach us through the re- website, splitfilm.org. Professionals can organize a screening with their practice group, you know, a local screening, uh, professionals, courts in, in their area. Um, parents can initiate a screening at a PTA at their school. 
um, yeah. community groups, places of worship. Really, there's endless possibilities. We really are trying to reach as many families and professionals, um, including teachers and people in the school system with these films and um, just let them know it's available in support of their, their kids and their parents. This is as much about parents too, as the kids. So parents want to be happy and move forward and let go of anger. And, you know, that's really um, what we're encouraging is to reorient around the children in a healthy, helpful way, and as much as possible, move forward in a healthy way with their lives. And we also have, in addition to that, in addition to being able to do a screening in your community or with an organization, we have a three-hour training that we do with professionals, and that can be mediators, collaborative law professionals, divorce coaches, therapists. So we just presented at a conference in D.C., and what we do is we incorporate a screening with a training piece. So we screen the film together, and then we really sink into some of these themes that we've kind of touched on in this episode, but in a much deeper way where we talk about what are some of the themes that emerge and really connect tools that you can use with your clients right away in terms of really shifting the landscape and their experience and starting to kind of plant seeds. Because I really believe that all those professionals I just named are first responders right? They're on the scene. They're that first point of contact for many parents. And as such, gosh, you can make such a big difference in how these families move forward from this experience, even if it's just a shift in a perspective or introducing a concept or introducing them to the films, right? And knowing how to use them in the work that you're doing with families is enormously powerful. If you're interested in a training, certainly reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. We absolutely would. And please go to splitfilm.org, view the films. There's a lot of resources there. Reach out to Christina, Ellen, to me. You can always reach both of them through the splitfilm.org website. You can also get information about Christina at divorceandchildren.com. And you can always send me an email if you want to get in touch with either one of them and at uh, Susan at divorce in a better way or divorce and beyond pod at gmail.com listeners. So ladies, thank you so much for joining me, Ellen, for what you have done with these two films, really changing the face of divorce in so many different ways. It's just amazing. And Christina, your work on behalf of children in the divorce process just continues to be so inspiring. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.